Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Colin Squires. So Easter, not all though about the chocolate, is it? Though I love the whole thing about, you know, Easter eggs and being, you know, eggs sign of new life and empty because the tomb was empty because Jesus rose again, because that is what today is all about. Amen. It is all about the celebration and the joy of what Jesus did at Easter. It is today a beautiful day. Speaking of which, can we give the band, or all the bands, a big round of applause? You guys did amazing. Sammy, like rocking the bass and Isaac on drums. Seriously, good guys. Amazing. Thank you so much for leading us in worship. Wonderful time. It is a beautiful day. And Pastor Clive really wonderfully um, segued this nicely when he gave the reading for today from Matthew 28. Now, did anyone get an Easter magazine? You got the ones that we produced with the colouring in and all those? Yeah, you guys got one of those? Weren't they awesome? They were so good that all 400 and something of them had gone by the time I came in because of COVID to come in and get one. They were all gone. So I didn't get one. But weren't they brilliant? So all of you guys who got one, you now know this story really well. You know the Easter story, what happened. For those who don't, let me just give a quick recap. Jesus had died. He had gone to the cross at Passover And he had hung on the cross and he had bled and he had died. And it was what he'd been speaking of. It was everything that the Bible had led up to. This shedding of his blood to die for those of us who deserved death. Now, there's a whole big topic here and we're not going to be able to go into all of it, but more on this later on. But Jesus, having died, was then buried in a tomb. And a tomb wasn't like tombs we have today. It was like a, a, a big hole cut into the side of, of a limestone cliff with ledges to lay bodies on. And, uh, and Jesus would have been led in that tomb, covered in grave clothes, wrapped in these like bandages and a covering over his face, soaked in all of the mess and all these this horrible things that had happened to him dirty and buried in a tomb. He was there for three days and his disciples, the people who had been following him, they were devastated. They were afraid. They were lost. They were were sad. They'd lost their friend, their teacher, their leader. They didn't have hope. They didn't know what was going on. They thought, surely this guy was the promised one from God. He was the one who's going to save us. But it ended in death. And then, three days later, a group of ladies who have been Jesus' followers, one of them, Mary, came to the tomb, to this garden. And it wasn't like a beautiful garden like your back garden. It was a, it was a working garden. It would have been full of vegetables growing and, uh, you know, people harvesting vegetables and all this kind of thing. And they came really early in the morning. And so we're going to look at this story that Pastor Clive read. Now, can anyone remember how it started? What was the first thing? Anyone remember? That's okay, we're going to look at it. <laughs> it's all, it was only 10 minutes ago, but it's all right. So the first thing, actually, before we get to the first thing that happened, let's read again what the angel said. So an angel came and he sat on the, the, the tombstone and he said this. In fact, if you've got your Bibles and you want to look at Matthew 28, he said to this group of ladies, come and see the place where Jesus' body was and then go quickly and tell his followers. And in that one st- statement, that one sentence, we've got everything we need to know about this morning. Come see 
go tell. That is like the mission statement. That is everything that we need to know about being Christians. Come and see, go and tell. Now, what happened in this story first is that they came to the garden. There was an earthquake. Has anyone ever experienced an earthquake? A few people, not many hands, not many of us who live in Britain have experienced an earthquake. My parents, um, about 15 years ago or so, they emigrated to New Zealand. And New Zealand does get some big earthquakes now and then. But they hadn't had one for a long time, not a big one. And when I was out there visiting them, just before I went out and visited them, there was this massive earthquake and there was loads of property damage and, and it was awful. And you probably remember, lots of you, seeing that in the news. It was the biggest insurance claim that had ever happened in all history. And a, a year or so later, I was out visiting them, my parents, and I decided to go out for a bike ride. I was on my mountain bike going to the Bottle Lake Forest, which has got jumps and ramps. And I borrowed my dad's mountain bike and I was riding along and suddenly... I was just about to get to the forest and I was on the road with a few houses down the road and all of these garage doors started shaking and rattling and then a couple of people ran out of their houses screaming. And I thought, this is kind of weird, weird behaviour. And, uh, and then I saw these cars bouncing up and down and I was just cycling along going, well, this is weird. Of course, I was on a mountain bike with full suspension, so I didn't even notice. Um, but stopped by the road and saw this guy who was obviously very, very upset. And this is another earthquake. He doesn't know what's going to happen. You know, where's his house? So, so spent some time just talking with him. He was obviously very shaken by what happened. But I thought, oh, I can't have been that big. Otherwise, you know, there would be, be destruction and everything. So I just carried on. Turns out it was not the best thing to do after an earthquake is go cycling through a forest where trees fall down on people. But anyway, I didn't know that. I don't always make the best decisions. And I went cycling through this forest and was doing mountain bike jumps and all that kind of stuff. It was great. I also landed one and broke my dad's crank pedal on his bike. Sorry, dad. Anyway, kept going and, uh, and was going all these, these um, different routes and things through the forest and eventually came to the shore, to the seashore, to the beach. There was nobody around. I mean, this was on the other side of like several miles of forest. So I get out on my bike right there on the with the waves lapping up on the shore and I'm holding my bike with one hand and I get my phone out with the other hand to take a picture and suddenly, boom! And the way I could just think, maybe we could describe it, could everyone just sort of shake their chairs a bit, wiggle them on the floor and like rumble them a bit, see if we can do it all at once, see if this about approximates the right sound. You might need to lift your bums up and give them a bit of a shake. Let's get everyone going, we need more, it was a boom, it was a big rumble. More earthquaking, come on, come on everyone, wiggle those bottoms. That's about it. That was, that was really good. Your bottoms combined, the sound of a 6.3 magnitude earthquake. It was a very shallow earthquake, and I was right bang on top of the epicenter. There was a map afterwards showing where the, the middle of the earthquake was, and it was literally on this beach, right where I was stood, in the middle of nowhere. I don't think I could have been any closer to the epicenter of the earthquake if I'd tried. 6.3, that was quite a lot bigger than the previous one. Because as I stood there, I'd not only heard this boom, but I literally was thrown to my knees. And the weirdest thing was, any other time I've experienced something moving, you're in a car, the car is moving, the world around you is not moving. This was weird because everything moved. There was no like, point of reference to see I'm moving and other things are staying still. Literally the whole world, as far as I was concerned, moved and it threw me to my feet and I saw all the grass on all the sand dunes suddenly go sideways as the earth moved underneath it. It was a very, very surreal experience and, uh, and I, I um, picked up my phone thinking, oh, an earthquake, I want to see if my parents who are at home are okay and, uh, and I went to call them and the, the signal on my phone just went, bup, 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 
dead because of the cell towers that had been knocked out. So I thought, oh, I better get home quick. They're probably going to be worried. Hop back on my bike and I start cycling home. And as I'm cycling down all these, um, these forest pathways that had just been, all these trails that I'd been down before, suddenly they're turning into these giant puddles of wet sand because the earthquake had shaken the ground so much that this liquefaction sand was being pushed up and filling the forest. Trees that had just come down a trail were now crossed the path and I had to get off my bike and carry it over. And I managed to make it home and the whole house had been shaken so things had fallen off shelves. Books had all been thrown out of the bookshelves. Thankfully, nobody in that quake was killed. And thankfully, there was relatively little damage. However, because of the previous earthquake, my parents' house had been completely ruined and needed to be utterly demolished and rebuilt. So it was a big deal. And this is what happened the day that Jesus rose again. There was a, it was not just like this moment in history where something just spiritual happened. The whole world had been waiting for this moment. Creation itself had been like in the pains of labour, waiting for this, this new birth to come. And as it did, as Jesus was raised to life, the whole earth shook. And I want you to know today that no matter what has happened in your life, God can shake it. He can change it. He can bring new life. He can break whatever crust has built up on our lives. It is not too much for him to move. The earth itself shook. It reminded me of another story in the Bible where uh, a couple of guys are praying in a prison cell, having locked up for telling people about Jesus. And as they're praising God and worshipping him, there's an earthquake. The prison shakes and the door is burst open. If you've been in a prison, God wants to shake the prison cell, that the door will be burst open on our lives. Amen. So let me ask you this question. What needs shaking, breaking in your life? Is there a new start you need? My parents' house was rebuilt. They had a new start, a new home. It came out of shaking, but it was good. Second thing that happened, if we read our story, the ground shake and then the stone was rolled away. There are no blockages that can stop Jesus. Nothing physical Nothing spiritual, nothing could stop him or hold him back. So let me ask you this. Have there been any blockages in your life to God? Some of those things that might, if, if the, the, the tomb, if you like, of our heart had a blockage, what might it be? Might it be pride? I know better. That was mine before I came to know Jesus. I don't need to know this God. I already know everything there is. Jesus had to roll that stone away from my heart. Maybe it's sickness. Maybe there's something in you that just feels like I just... I just can't come to Jesus because there's something wrong with me physically, whatever it might be. Jesus can roll that away. He cleansed the lepers. He went to every person. Maybe it's sin and you're like, God can't accept me because sin, my sin holds him away from me. How could he possibly love me? Jesus went to the sinners, to the worst of the worst people. And that stone was rolled off their hearts that they could come out and join him in new life. So question two. Is there a stone that needs rolling off of your heart? Number three, what happens? Jesus is risen. He's risen back to life. Death is defeated. He says, I am the resurrection. That means the coming back to life and the life. Mary, those disciples, remember, they were so sad. They were upset. They were lost. They were fearful. It says that they left rejoicing. No matter what we've experienced or how hard, how tough, when we meet Jesus, he turns it around and he brings joy, hope, 
life. That's not to say that if you become a Christian, you give your life to Jesus, life will be easy. It wasn't for Jesus. And that picture of like the, the wise man who built his house on the rock and the foolish man, they were both had the storm come against them. But the one who built their life upon the rock of Jesus stood firm. So question three, do you want to come and see what the empty tomb looks like? Do you want to come and see life in the place of death? Number four, what was left in the tomb? Grave clothes. This is the most wonderful picture of the true meaning of what Jesus wanted to communicate to us on the cross and his death and his resurrection is that our old life, remember sin came upon him on the cross. All of the worst things we'd ever done, the things, the worst things that have ever been done to you and the worst things that you've ever done that you've maybe never told anybody about. Those things that if you think about them, fill your heart with shame and guilt and fill you with a sense of if people really knew this about me, they couldn't love me. Those things that just hold us down and we try to never think about because we just beat ourselves up about. All of that came upon Jesus. And when he rose again, the marks of that, the stains of those things on the grave clothes were left behind. When we put our faith and our hope and our trust in Jesus, we get a brand new life. Everything of that old life, everything of sin and death and destruction and loss and pain and hurt is left in the tomb. And what we come out with is life in all of its fullness, everlasting, powerful life that transforms, that changes, that doesn't just do a little minor kind of update, but is radically new and different. Transformational resurrection life. My question to you then, the next question, what will you leave in the tomb? And lastly, the next thing the angel says is, go and tell others. After he said, come in and see, Jesus is not here. See the grave clothes. See he is risen. He says, go and tell others. And I love this, that in Mark's gospel, there's this extra line where the angel says, go and tell. Now go and tell Jesus' followers. And Peter. Now you might remember this. The last time Peter had seen Jesus, he denied him three times. That had never stopped him being Jesus' followers, follower in Jesus' eyes. But in Peter's it had. And Jesus knew that. He said, go and tell my disciples and tell Peter. Because he doesn't think he is anymore. Because he's denied me three times. He said no to me. He said he doesn't believe in me. Or he doesn't know me. If you are here, or you're watching online, and you had any sense of like, but God, this is great, good news, but it doesn't count for me because I have denied Jesus. I've stepped away from him. I've not been faithful, whatever. This message is for Jesus' disciples and you. It is for you. There is nothing that we could have ever done that, that can hinder Jesus' redeeming love and kindness for us. Nothing. So this morning, I want to tell you, whether you have never known Jesus, you don't know who he is, you, you, this morning, you can be introduced to him and know him. If you're someone who's discounted yourself for whatever reason, this morning, Jesus is saying, and you, this is for you. So the last question, has there been anything that dis- you've been discounting yourself from Jesus for? And then Mary Magdalene. All the other ladies go back to tell the disciples, she's waiting behind. She's upset because she still doesn't know what Jesus' body is. And Jesus himself comes to her and he tells her, it's okay. 
You can't hold on to me right now because I'm going to go to my father, but then you'll be able to hold on to me forever. If you need a personal relationship with Jesus, that's what this is about. It's not a once in a lifetime, boom, 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 sort you out and off you go. This life, this resurrection life the Bible talks about is everlasting knowing God. Knowing him, your friend, your saviour, personal relationship. The last thing I want to show you is this. Could we get the band come up? We're going to have a, a, a minute to respond. We're just going to sing another song, but I want to show you this. Ugh, it's heavy. This is a tub. You might be thinking, what on earth is going on here? This is a tub of Ron Seal Fence Life Plus. Five-year guarantee. It says here on the tin, and Ron Seal, you know, just does just what it says on the tin or the plastic bucket, that it says it protects in all weathers. On the back here, it says it protects from frost, from water damage. Uh, even if there's existing damage, you can paint over it and it will protect it. That's good to know. Also, five-year guarantee. Last five years. Now, the blood of Jesus is significantly more impressive than a tub of Ron Seal Shed and Fence Paint Plus, okay? Not only would it pre pre prevent, you know, and protect from all sorts of, what was it here yet? For, uh, for all sheds and fences, no. Um, protects in all weathers. Not only will the blood of Jesus protect us in any circumstances, but it doesn't last just five years. It is eternal. It is everlasting. But have you noticed one problem with my tub of paint? It's still in the tub. We bought this a year ago and still haven't actually painted our shed. To be fair, we've been renovating our house and had a lot of other things to do and also have a toddler and many other excuses. And I could give you many, but it's still in the tub. If you leave today knowing that the blood of Jesus, his death and resurrection can give you everlasting fullness of life, healing, freedom, friendship, connection, community, transformed new beginning, but you leave it in the tub. What are we doing? Our sheds are going to fall apart. There's this beautiful picture in the Passover, which we talked about on Friday, in the Old Testament, the old part of the Bible, when God spoke to his people and said, death is coming, but don't worry, I have a plan. Take the blood of a lamb and paint it on your doorposts and your lintels. And when death comes, it'll see the blood and it'll pass over you. It won't see your good name. It won't see your good works. It won't see your holy efforts, your religious commitments, your zealous prayer life. It won't see the opposite. It won't see your bad deeds, your failings, your broken promises. When he sees the blood. Thank you, Jesus, that that blood applied to the doorway of our lives, should we choose to step through it, means that death passes over us just as Jesus broke the power of death when he was raised to life again and new life comes into us. And what do we do to accept all of these amazing promises, this wonderful good news of Easter? What do we do? We just leave our grave clothes behind and we say yes. It's literally that simple. It's yes. Now we're going, to have, we're going to sing a song now as part of our response. I want to encourage you to stand. And if, if you kind of get the lyrics and you, and you pick this up or you know it, please sing along, engage with it. If you don't, just let the words of this speak to your heart 
And let us begin to just let Jesus reveal all of these truths afresh in our heart. And as he does, as we sing this and we speak this, we sing, thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. I want you to just have this moment to respond and say, I am applying this, Jesus. I, in, the way I apply this paint is not with a brush or a roller or a spray gun like my shed paint. The way you apply the blood is to say, Jesus, forgive me, please. I choose to make you my king. Let's sing this song as we do. Apply this good news, this truth, the blood to our lives. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.